All right. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson. I have my new friend, Tom Jacobs. I am mean, saying it correctly, right? Not ja- Jacobs. Absolutely. Here's Jacobs. Jacobs. This with yeah. an extra K. <laughs> Special uh, K. Oh, well, that looks getting real fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for coming on today, man. It's been... Uh, it's it's fun to just i've been connecting with so many people around the world recently which i think so many people don't realize that there's a world of connection and beautiful relationships out there if you just put the effort in and um so true you know, it, it's it's been cool to get connected to you through a mutual friend of ours uh Burhan Patel he was on my podcast two ish weeks ago and he was like mm-hmm. hey man there's this guy you should you should talk to him wink wink he should be on your podcast wink wink and uh and here we are now so welcome to the show <laughs> awesome yeah small world it is um i just want i like to start every episode with like just kind of my appreciation for my guest um i love just like we hopped on a call out of nowhere you know and again it's this it's this idea that you know some people feel closed off from the world and like there's no like they can't talk to anybody with just a little bit of effort, you welcome me in to just like, hey, let's just hop on a call. Let's let's connect. Let's see what it is. We had a quick half hour chat last week. And I'm like, yeah, let's do a podcast. And I love your openness. I love I love listening to your story and, and what you've done and some of the risks you've taken. And um, I admire anybody who's an entrepreneur because uh, the risk tolerance that comes with that is pretty special. Um, and I find... <laughs> I find from a cool part of this that we were just talking before we hopped on here is about this, this notion of authenticity and nakedness, um, you know, they're kind of the same thing in my mind. And um, entrepreneurs really, what I've seen really come face to face with everything, like all the insecurities that come with life. And uh, it's a beautiful exercise. So I admire you for that. And, you know, your openness and willingness to hop on a show and just be like, hey, I'm going to go talk to Ether and see what's going on with these people. Yeah. I mean, why not? I was, I was happy it wasn't really naked. I mean, I could take my shirt off, but I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> I started this podcast with uh, my first business partner after we had patched up our relationship. And uh, those first like seven to 10 episodes, it was always just me like sitting there with my shirt off. And he's like, I can, I can always pretty much guarantee you're going to be there with no clothes. And I, I guess I started having to think too much about preparing for that. So <laughs> I, I've, I've just inconsequentially been wearing more clothes maybe i need to change that um so i've been talking a lot enough or already but like i figure you know yourself better than anybody else so share with us who who are you yeah um tom i'm actually 50 years old this this year i'll I'll be 51 this year and um i live right now in taipei taiwan and I'm kind of like one of those uh, serial entrepreneurs. So ever since I was like 16 years old, I think 16 was the first business that I started. It wasn't a lemonade stand. Uh, <laughs> what, what I think, and, and you said earlier about entrepreneurs, and we just kind of a special breed of, of people, very different. Um, but a lot of times we think that we're always alone. As well, we're on this island because a lot of the people around us, our family and our friends, don't always understand exactly what entrepreneurship is all about. 
And they don't understand when you're taking phone calls at midnight and like, why are you spending more time with me? It's like, well, you know, there's, there's this thing like inside of us that, that draws us towards, you know, either the service that we're offering to other people or just like the connections as well. So it's, uh, it can be lonely at times. However, what I've found and, you know, in, when we were reaching out together as well, it just kind of re-solidified that in, in my brain is that it doesn't take too much to just say, hey, you want to jump on a call and let's like chat and see what's see what's happening. Especially during, and I do want to hear about your initial entrepreneurial journey, like 16, I think it's a great, I think the earlier, the better people can flirt mm-hmm. with that, the better. Mm-hmm. You don't, I think it's almost like, um, you don't realize how much of a risk it is at that, at that time in your life that it's like, there's bigger consequences mm-hmm. and there's more of a safety net. And usually like failure at that age is the kind of almost expected even more. But yeah. um, to that effect, you know, you're, you said you're in, you're in Taiwan right now. Um, mm-hmm. And you had an interesting experience with this whole pandemic. Um, I'd <laughs> like to hear a little bit there, sure. that, that, that whole bit. What do you find like is holding people back if there's like this common thread from from people making these connections? Like have you found it to be easier? Have you found it to be people are still shy? Like what's what's going on there? Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty shy myself. Believe it or not, I'm an I'm an introvert. Um and and that in and of itself, like the live networking, that's really, really difficult for me. Um, but I've just forced myself and, and read enough about, you know, how to network and just you know, like little, little mind tricks that you have to do every once in a while. Um, like I, I spent a month in Mexico city and as a BNI member for years and years and years in Houston, as I built my, my fitness business and BNI business networking international. So I was like, you know, why don't I go to a BNI meeting while I'm here in Mexico City, what could what could possibly happen? Except it was all in Spanish, and I speak <laughs> un poquito espanol. <laughs> oh my god! But what, what was great is I I'm I'm in there and <clears throat> I just happened to show up on their official visitor day, and so there's. 150 people at this meeting and you do you go around and do your little one minute 30 you know I think it was 30 second little pitch and I started it in Spanish (laughs) hola (laughs) I'm Tom (laughs) and then and then I just talk about you know that that I help you know entrepreneurs with their storytelling their sales process and try to connect with with prospects and make those conversions i think that was kind of the, the spiel that i gave and afterwards i there were like five prospects that came up and spoke english to me <laughs> luckily and one turned into a friend that like we've been connecting like you know once once a month or, you know for the last boy three years now Where? wow this is crazy. It's like the moment that you just open yourself up to being uncomfortable is just beautiful, beautiful things can happen. I think that's really cool because that kind of echoes where you're at right now with, you just said, 
you know, you just hired a personal trainer and using this, like, <laughs> Hey, I've got this medium now. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of learn how to speak the language better. Through, yeah. uh, like this, it's a, what do they call it? Like a forcing function. I'm here now. I better learn yeah. how to do this. Otherwise I'm, I'm kind of screwed. Um, yeah. Have you found, I'm curious, have you found that a lot of entrepreneurs tend to be somewhat introverted and like pretend to be extroverts? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you think I think majority. Really? Yeah. yeah. Where do you think that comes from? Uh, it's our, I think it's, we're, we're kind of built that way. I think for me, I've recognized early on what it is and then developed coping mechanisms so that, you know, like I can go to, I, I do public speaking, you know, it's like I'm up on stage. I, I did acting in, in college wow. and like all this stuff you would think, Oh my gosh, you're super extroverted. And I, I don't know, like eight years ago, I was traveling around the world doing one day workshops for, you know, 15 to 20 fitness professionals and selling a program on the back end of it. And at the end of the day, of those, you know, whether it's a end of the speech or, or doing something in public networking or things like that, I would have to just go to my room, get some, a bottle, I mean, a glass of wine and, <laughs> and just kind of just chill out and recharge my batteries. Um, you know, and I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they're, they're, they're the same way. I mean, you, you do the coping mechanisms to kind of go, but it drains you so much. And then you go and you, and you kind of recharge. And it's almost a superpower in and of itself because just having that within us that we have to kind of recharge. Extroverts and like really extroverted people, they're just like on, 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 on. And then it's crash. And then it's, you know, crash for who knows how long. And then it's on, 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 on. And so it's like the, the tortoise and the hare, right? Introverts are the tortoise and extroverts are the hare. Well, I think so. Anyway. <laughs> I like that analogy. What else do you think is like the advantage of being just an introvert in general? Because yeah. it does seem biased towards that. And I, I, mm -hmm. I echo much of the same thing as much as I do the song and dance and everything seems like a performance. I yep. love, crave my solitude, crave Absolutely. it. I've seen that there, I think there is a distinct advantage to being an introvert. I, cause I know from the majority of my life until I decided to like open my mouth and talk that I spent a lot of time observing people. Mm. Do you yeah. find the same thing? And I, I think, Absolutely. especially if you're a problem solver, it's that that you brought up that analogy of the tortoise and the hare. There's an there's certainly something in that. Yeah, yeah. That's um, you know one of my mentors, uh, Matthew Pillard, has written a couple books, sales books on on introverts. It's called the Introverts Edge. It's high, I always recommend it to any of my clients to read. And it um, like he breaks it down into that you know introverts just follow a process. I was like, that is absolutely true because like, I was telling both my language coach, so I have a, a Chinese coach and then my personal coach now, my, my 
trainer. Uh, I was like, just tell me what I need to do. Like, because I was just Chinese is really difficult, by the way. And <laughs> not only different sounds, but different characters too. But I was like, if you just tell me what I need to do each day to get better, incrementally better, then like, I just do it. I don't have, I don't have to kind of like figure that out. And she, she sure enough, she, I'm like, okay, you're supposed to go through lesson one, lesson two, you know, dictate into this app. And it was just, it was all broken down for me. I was like, perfect. I love working that way. Hmm. Same with sales. Like every sales call that I go on, I have my list of questions or I have a script in front of me, even if I've done that same sales call for a hundred times. And it's just, just a, you know, it's a comfort level that, you know, I have up on my screen and I just kind of go through and make sure that I'm hitting every point that I'm supposed to hit in the order that's supposed to be done. And a lot of and efforts kind of get that bad rep. And I don't want to pick on, you know, extroverts all the way, but, you know, I was coaching a salesperson, you know, a veteran salesperson, 15 years in the industry. And she, she was like, I was asking her for, you know, giving me metrics on a, on a weekly basis. And I said, you know, how many sales calls are you making? And just, just keep the numbers because she wasn't. And I noticed that sales calls and it was all outbound sales. And then Thursday and Friday, it was like none, zero. I was like, what happened Thursday and Friday? Well, I just, I woke up in the morning and I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. And I just know that if I'm not on that, the sales are just not going to happen anyway. So I just wanted to save everybody the hassle of dealing with me that day. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, are you effing serious? Wow. Like, just make the freaking calls. Nobody cares if you're on or not. It's about volume. You know, a lot of times sales is a numbers game and the better you get at it, the better your numbers get. If you don't track your numbers, if you're not doing it every day, then you're not getting to the result that you want. Point and it's just, yeah. And it was just a really nice <laughs> dichotomy between kind of my own work ethic. Because you know, four years ago when I sold my fitness business, I was, just, I was <clears throat> it was kind of the best day of my life because I sold, a, sold something that I had built over nine and a half years it was great, but it was also kind of like, shit, what do I do now? And I had all these ups and downs. And my business coach, she was just like, did you make your five phone calls today? I don't feel like it. Do it. Fine, I'll do it. And I, and I made my five connections every single day. And the pivot to what I'm doing now, it wasn't immediate, but it, it took off. It was one of those hockey stick type of, type of deals. I was like, oh, okay. Consistent, persistent action each and every day gets you to where you want to be. Hmm. That's a process. That's interesting that you use the number five because I say the same thing with people that I talk to. Now, I tend to like, I tend to just like, I'm a, I'm a, I needed to build a structure out around that because I flirt with the feels thing too. Um, But you're (laughs) right, like going back to that, 
is that a common number for a lot of people? It's like five, com- and I like to change the word to conversations because I find, especially with, with coaches, mm. oh my God, sales calls, like the word there like yeah. drips in their mind of like, just like sleaze bag. Have to sell something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. get on a conversation with somebody. Yeah, sell me this food. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I respect the, I understand the concept of, of that of that that strategy right it's like being able to it's supposed to open the door to how do you start asking people meaningful questions about what what it, why right. would they even care in the first place yeah. um and they i think people lose the sight of it's not about the pen it's about right. the person that's sitting across from you and how do you have a conversation that's meaningful and you don't have to sell them something right now people think it's right. like they're in front of me. I got to close this deal right now. And closing the deal might be closing. The deal might just be like, Hey, I touched base with you. I heard you for today. Let's see where this goes. And everybody thinks like it's, it's a, it's a now or never thing. Not everybody. Sometimes it's disqualifying people say like, this is just not right for you. And as just being an ethical human being. Um, I don't know where I, I wonder where that initial piece of like like, five, yeah. Well, I, where, yeah. where do you see that as like five conversations a day tends to be like this, this common number, like it, it kind of hits. No, I, I think it's just a easy, easy attainable number for, for, for a lot of people that are just starting as well. Um, I know I try to keep things in, in like concepts and things like that into bits of three is one, two, many. <laughs> Cause you know, like, we can only process so much. So like I have three big goals every quarter, which is every three months. So, uh, we might get a little woo woo here, but like, that's okay. You can go off the deep end. Numerology. No, I don't, I don't do numerology, but I was just like, it just, I mean, what works, works for me anyway. I think that's powerful. Like it works for me. So many people get caught up in this world of like, this is the way and the only way. And, very few people even ask like, so what do you really want? Um, (laughs) What, which leads to, so you sold the business, you sold the Mm -hmm. gym, which, you know, that's a huge moment in anybody's life, like sold something that you built for nine years where you put your heart and soul into it. I know what that feels like. Um, You you were clearly drawn to something about selling stuff and whatever that means. What finally got you towards this and, and kind of like, what are you doing now with that? How are you helping people, I guess? Yeah, um, great, great question. I mean, that's, um, when I look back, cause I, so <laughs> when I first started my, so I'd been a, um, <laughs> we all know what happened in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> kind of what happened in 2020, <laughs> global recession, not quite the pandemic, but you know, not a good time to start a business. And I had been working in corporate America for 10 years, 12 years, and, you know, putting money into the 401k every every year and and everything kind of building up. And so I always had that entrepreneurial spirit ever since I was 16 and I always had side gigs, but I always had that safety net. And finally, you know, I was like, if I'm going to do something and do it well, I can't have a safety net. And so I, you know, and, and the whole like burn the bridges, just jump right in. That's all bullshit, by the way. 
Um, I took a year to figure out, like, build my business plan in my mind and started to build my side hustle up to a point where my income was, or at least my expenses were covered so that when I quit my day job, which was, you know, a six figure oil and gas job that everything was going to be taken care of. Right. So it wasn't like, Oh, just jump right in and just do it. You'll figure it out, build some wings on the way down. (laughs) (laughs) Flat. But you know, what's, what's really interesting is within six months I was splat because, you know, I dumped out my entire 401k. I decided to expand my business before even doing proven concept. I bought an existing uh, personal training studio and then brought my own clients into it. And so there was still revenue coming in, but then I was like, oh, this has got to be like fitness classes, got to have yoga, got to have Pilates, because that's really awesome. And then, you know, boot camps and private training and, and all, I was just like, and memberships in a 4,000 square foot facility. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and the, guy, the guy that I bought it from just, I don't know, he was an idiot and not a, very good trainer either but like he knew what he was doing because he would come in he would roll in at eight o'clock in the morning like open up maybe and then he'd be done by six and then i was like no this is a gym you gotta be open at five mm-hmm. well that means i needed to get up at 4 30 <laughs> to you know do my hair and and get into the get into the gym that's when i had hair <laughs> <laughs> so you know I go into this and, you know, I dump out my 401k and within six months I was broke. And it was at kind of the moment, this kind of do or die moment when I was, I was looking and I remember this to my day or to this day, I'm in my computer in my office and my office was in the electrical closet of the gym. So there's like this transformer behind me and it's just kind of buzzing and produces heat. And this is in Houston too, by the way. And so it was a Sunday afternoon. I turned off the AC because I didn't want to, you know, spend the money for AC and because I was the only one in the building and it's it's buzzing in the back. And I'm surprised I don't have like a third eye or something. (laughs) But I'm like looking at my computer screens and I have my bank account up there and I'm looking at it and it's Sunday and I realize that rent and payroll are due on Friday and I'm $10,000 short. Holy smokes. And I, and you know, most employees, they won't work, they don't get paid. <laughs> And most landlords will lock you out if you don't pay the rent. So it was like, I'm really screwed if this, like, what am I going to do? Like, I had already maxed out all my credit cards and lines of credits were already maxed. I had already asked for prepayment from a lot of my really good clients. I'd like to, you know, buy 100 sessions at a time or whatever they wanted to buy. So I was like, I had to make the hardest phone call of my life at 40 years old, 38 years old, I had to call dad for money 
always. Yeah. And that is such a humbling experience. And love my parents to death. My dad basically was in academia for his entire career, never had a business at all, but was trying to bless his heart, as we say in the South. (laughs) (laughs) He was trying to like troubleshoot with me. Well, Tom, have you tried blah, 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 or blah? I was like, yes, yes, I've tried all that. Dad, I need $10,000. Can you like wire it to me? <laughs> or like, you know, how, how, does, how does that work? Wow. <laughs> he was like, well, son, you know, I can loan you the money. Keyword is loan. 12% interest. Wow. But he gave me six months interest free. <laughs> That's pretty generous. <laughs> no payment, no payments, no interest for six months and the 12, 12% hits. And I had to put my house up for collateral. And he gave me like a 12 page loan document to fill out. He was in business. Wow. I was like, where did this come from? Like, <laughs> you've never owned a business in your life. But um, what that did for me, obviously, I was able to pay payroll, but I also invested in coaching at the same time. Because I realized at that point that, you know, I was alone. I was trying to figure it out. And even though I had managed millions of dollars of freight and logistics costs for oil and gas companies, I couldn't run a small business to save my life. And what I figured out with the help of my coach was I couldn't sell to save my life. I'd always had this this block in my head about what sales really is. Because again, how we're brought up and, you know, my, my father hates salespeople, like to this day, like, I remember one time somebody came, came to the door. Well, maybe, maybe I did this. (laughs) (laughs) I, I saw, I saw an advertisement. It was like, you know, brand new knives for you and your family. If, and we'll deliver them right to your door. You just listen to our 15 minute presentation. I was like, oh, this is awesome. We need some new knives. Hey, come on over. And you know, I'm like probably 11 years old or 12 years old. And this guy shows up with a vacuum cleaner and, and, and the box of knives and said, oh yeah, I'm here for your appointment to you know go through the demonstration of the new Electrolux, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and my dad just goes, what? What is this? And the sales guy's like, well, okay, but, and my dad's like really nice anyway, but you could tell he was really pissed off. And so the guy comes in and does the whole thing. And then I just heard it like, like these people that are just out. Sales was bad. Anytime we go to the car dealership, it was all business. I want this car. I want it for this much. Well, would you like to? No, I want this car at this price. Okay, sir. And I'm paying cash. Okay. Okay. Right. You know, it was just like no negotiation. It was always this very controversial thing. So in that sense, I was like, I can't be a salesperson. My, my dad's going to hate me. And both my parents actually. (laughs) And so I had to overcome that in thinking and with, you know, going through all the sales trainings that that are out there and just listening and, and learning. I was like, it doesn't have to be, this controversial, it can be very um, 
conversational and consultative at the same time. And that's the exact approach that I took in the fitness business. And I had the coaching that I got, you know, helped me with kind of fitness specific sales coaching and just kind of what questions to ask and here's the presentation and all that. And so I like, again, because I can follow directions really well, I, I bought this program with last $1,200 that I had. And it was a six week training program to go through. And I was like, dude, I, I have to pay my bill in two weeks for the credit card. And so can I like jump ahead? Cause they did live coaching each week for six weeks. And I was like, it's like, can we just like hurry this up a little bit? I like, I, I need, to, I need to pay my bills. <laughs> and I, I jumped ahead. I like, I, so I jump ahead. I, I go through it. I have my first two consultations in one night. And so I did everything. I set up those, the presentation monitor and all that. And I sat the people down and uh, the first guy, he was an idiot. He didn't buy. The second person, she, <laughs> so I go through the whole presentation with her and find out what the pain points are, um, get her to talk. She, like my, to give you the dichotomy here, before I was selling 10 sessions at a time and somebody would walk into the studio. I'd be working with somebody usually on a lat pull down or something like that. And they, you know, somebody would be just like standing at the front. I'm like, I'll just do 12 more to my client, go up to the front. Okay. What do you want? Oh, I was looking at personal training. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's $60 a session, 10 sessions. You did do all 10. I'll give you the 11th for free. You want it or not? No. Well, here's my card. When you figure out, come on back. <laughs> and I wonder why I went broke in six months. <laughs> well, it's just so like to the point, no, there's no, there's no conversation. There's no, wow. No conversation, no consultation, no pain. There's nothing. Right. So when I sat, um, sat her down, I remember to this day, you know, you have those points in your life where you just never forget. And uh, so I sit her down and we go through the whole presentations took about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And at the end of it, granted, I was selling 10 sessions at a time before at the end of it, I was like, well, based on my professional experience, my, my knowledge of what you need to get the goals that you, that you absolutely do want and need, you're going to have to invest in the hundred session package. And that's 53, 55 or 55, whatever, $5,500. <clears throat> and then they had taught to just zip it up and, and, and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, Gosh, she's not going to do it. She's, uh, what was I thinking? hundred sessions. I should probably offer five sessions. Maybe she'll go for five. I'll give her five free training sessions. Maybe that's what I'll do. And then, but that was all internal. And she goes, oh, okay. Um, can you just put that on my MasterCard? Boom. As I, I think I said, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Okay. Take the card. It goes through. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I can pay my bills. Wow. And what's interesting, so she was with me for six years. Really? Yeah. 
She bought my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heck of a relationship that started with a clearly a turning point. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. The, and what's interesting, though, is those 10 session deals that a lot of people do, or even, you know, just regular coaching, not even just personal training, is, there's no long term, you know, is this what that person needs? 10 sessions isn't good to anybody, anything. And you're always having to resell and there's, there's just, you don't have that whole, like we're done hundred sessions. Let's just do it. Let's get to work. Let's do, you know, and you know, I, I became a selling machine after that. And the business quadrupled the next year, went from a hundred thousand the first year to just shy. I was so pissed off. I was just shy of half a million the second year wow. in, in gross revenue. Yeah. Pretty liberating. Like all from all from selling, learning how to sell. And what do you find with your clients? What's that? I mean, I I've seen when I've raised my rates and I sold the whole thing. Like things change. What What do you find with your clients that that finally were actually paying for the whole kit and caboodle? Oh my god! They were like they did the work. There was no like, oh, I'm going to go on vacation. Can you just put me on hold now? Like, no, like, I'll give you the exercises to do while on vacation because you have this goal coming up. You know, yeah, they were just a lot more committed to the entire process. Yeah. And because you're really basically making them confront the real thing. Like, do you actually care about solving this problem or not? And do you care yeah. enough? Like, and this is what it's, you're the professional. You're basically telling, like, I'm the professional. This is what you need. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd say no, you, you're telling me you don't care enough and that's okay. But it's now on you that you're saying you don't care enough. And that's a, yeah. I think once people have that, put that, I mean, it's hard. Like it's kind of cold or at least let me change that. It feels cold maybe on the front end, mm. but it's a, it's a very deep kindness that so many people oh. are not willing to be transparent and upfront about like, this is really what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. I try to I try to do that with I'm coaching a group right now and they're basically order takers. They they call themselves salespeople, but they're just order takers at the end of the day. And it's just one one lady in particular was like, why don't you ask people what they're gonna be using this for? Oh, I don't want to pry into their personal I was like how is asking people like what they're going to use your product for a personal question? You're not asking them how much they make. <laughs> like, like, why? Why not? Oh, you know, I'm afraid that they'll get upset with me and hang up. Well, then they're not serious about buying your product. Like, get over it and ask the question. And I think there's something even deeper there. It's like, how can you properly serve or properly understand? what you're offering them. If you don't even know if it's the right fit, like you're not like there, nobody wants to feel like a square peg in a round hole and not, yeah. nobody is. And yeah. especially what I've found, like those low ticket offers, they serve their place in the world. I think it's part of like, and I'm going to talk about lead magnets and kind of like building your pipeline and just getting your, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But ultimately like it's going to cost, it's going to cost something at the end of the day to solve the whole problem. If you're going to a true professional, because mm -hmm. they, and 
correct me if you found differently, a true professional actually, you're paying them, I'm going to say it to do less because most yep. people make the process super complicated, almost in a way to like just shoot themselves in the foot. Like, of course I couldn't fail or because I, of course I was going to fail because I, it was so complicated. It, it wasn't yeah. going to work anyway. Um, yeah. Well, that's a lot of the, the kind of the scammers that are on the, on the internet now that they over the one like raises the hair on the back of my neck. If I had it um, is that anytime that they overcomplicate the whole process, Oh, this is super complicated. You need to, you need to hire me or buy my program to simplify it. Like it's like, just come out and say it's simple. Like that's, I tell people now is like sales is about two things, finding a problem and solving it End of story done. Like, oh no, you have to go through, like that's nuance, but at the end of the day, you're, you're finding a problem and you're solving it. Keep it simple. What do you think the fear is there then from the, the, the sales, salesperson, the person who's making the offering? And I really, right. I think you and I both agree on this when we talked a little bit last at our first conversation is like selling is actually service. You're making an offering of either yourself or a product that was specifically designed for that problem, which by listening to them is the appropriate fit for their, this, this hole that they have, this, 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 yep. this issue. Where, yep. where do you think that, that people go wrong with that? Like what, what is, is there like some fear that they're, grappling with i i would guess you know the first thing that comes to my mind is it's that that fear of rejection is number one but on a on a different plane like i think they forget and especially like this is a consumer goods product i think it i think a lot of people just forget that it's not the product that they're selling there's a seth godin that says you're not selling it is him, right? Uh, you're not selling the drill, you're selling the hole. You're not even selling the hole. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so like they forget that it's not that piece that they're, that they're actually selling that, you know, and they get stuck into the, well, I just need to move a hundred of these things each week to make my commission. And if I upset somebody on the phone, then they're not going to buy from me. It doesn't work that way. Like some of the best conversations I had in actually one of the questions I asked when I was in the training facility was on scale. And I still ask this to this day on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, how committed are you to solving your problem or how, how badly do you want to? It's a good question. Cause you can gauge kind of where they're at. I had one guy, Peter, still remember uh he said seven i was like okay seven sorry i can't work with you that that's in my book that's average that's a c and you go to school you get a 70 that's a c uh, we don't do average work here and i don't expect you to do average work so until you're ready to fully commit then we should probably just end today's conversation and you can come back when you're ready Oh my gosh. It was like, I took a toy away from a baby. He was like, no, 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 no. I, I, I need this. I really, I was like, well, you're, you're not committed to it. And so I'm not going to work with you. And so we had a conversation 
<clears throat> for about 10 minutes about commitment and all that and why he needed it. I mean, he bought a hundred sessions, but more importantly, he dropped 50 pounds in three weeks in three months wow. in his first three months in the program. Had I just said, okay, yeah, you can, you can join. And then he probably would have been like, Oh, maybe let me try the one month option, which I don't have or didn't have. Um, but let me kind of tip my toes in the water, see if this is right. Or, or my favorite is, uh, let me work out first and get in shape before I start working with you. <laughs> yeah, that always works out. Clearly that works. <laughs> well, why would they be there in the first place, right? Like that's exactly. a, but I think it's, it's like, if people don't ask that real question, mm. then like you're not even giving that person a chance to go inward, which is what, it's really what they're asking and in, in what I, in yeah. my own experience, uh, I don't know if there's an, in, you said that the fear of rejection, mm. I said this to somebody, I was in a group the other day, or sorry, this is actually like the start of the year. And there's people that were afraid to like reach out and just say hi to somebody and make a simple offering. And at the end of the thing I posted in the, in the group, I was like, remember, like these people are afraid that you're about to take advantage of them. And they're, you're asking them to literally be vulnerable. Like, I'm going to let my walls down. I'm going to let you more or less have some sense of control over me. Isn't it only fair that you're willing to, in exchange for that, front load some vulnerability? Like, it, it's an exchange. And that's a trust thing. I, I know. Yeah, like, it's a small, it's a small gift of vulnerability. I was willing to confront my own fears of rejection in exchange for you allowing me permission. I think it's, that's a great word to use in it. It's allowing me permission mm -hmm. to have the information to really make a difference in your life. But mm -hmm. if I, if I'm not even willing to do that, you're right. You shouldn't do business with me. You shouldn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, and, um, I think people get caught up and correct me if you've seen differently, obviously this is something you specialize in. Sometimes the words are going to be the same as the quote unquote sleazy salesperson, you know, the person whose intent was not pure because they, they learned the, the tricks of the trade. Like it's that some yeah. people have that. Um, and I've seen a lot of people, they make a, they make a killing, but I think that's, you just talked about it. Like that's almost like that extrovert who gets, goes on this hot streak, but they don't know how to fulfill it. Yeah, yeah. The person who really gives a damn is going to still have that same conversation, um, but was also willing to ask the same question because it is, yeah. it's important. It's important to yeah. be able to have that. Have you seen yeah. some of that? I mean, you probably see it more in the industry than I do. Well, when when you are, and you know, I was doing sales for education products as well. And if you don't get to a point where you can qualify and disqualify people and, and figure out, do, will they even use the program? Do, you know, if, if they're not going to go through it, then it's not going to be a good fit in the first place. And if you're, and if you're not willing to let them know how much hard work it is and that, you know, it's, it's not, there's not a quick fix for it or, you know, they're going to have to spend five hours a, a day on video training and doing some hard work. If they're just 
you know, want the easy button, you know, you have to tell them. And you have to gauge whether they're willing to do that or not. I and mean, you, you're doing, I mean, I think that's part of the qualification process of, of the sales call. It should happen pretty early on in the call to save everybody a lot of time. Otherwise, you're just like <clears throat> prolong, you know, prolonging the, the, the destiny of the call, which is the person, you know, is just, oh, okay, I just wanted to get the, the price. Thanks. Bye. But they weren't. You know, but they were never willing to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the person always is asking for the price right off the rip. Oh, we all that's an that. instant no. <laughs> In my book, it's like, I'm sorry, it's not a good fit. Well, I just asked the price. Exactly. It's not a good fit. Here's the point. And it's not about affordability or just anything like that. Like, if the person is so cost conscious, then they're not going to get the whole idea. Like, the like one of the services that, that I provide is a call center. So, booking, call, booking appointments. And, and selling low barrier offers for mostly in the medical field. Well, I had one doctor when I sent the bill over, which was, I think it was like $1,200 for the calls and the sales that we made. And we made 32 sales of her low barrier offer at, was it 32? Yeah, I think it was like 32 for $87 each. I'm not good at math, but I think that's, a lot of money. I think it's like $3,000 or something like that. Yeah. And I sent her a bill for 12 and she was like, Oh, this is really expensive. I didn't realize it was going to be so much. Yeah. But we were able, like, do you, I was like, I'm done. I'm like, just go back to doing your own sales. Then. <laughs> well, I think you're bringing up something really interesting there somebody who doesn't understand like that's saving you time to make you money. And with that free time, you can make a better business. Yes. That's yeah. the key. That's well, and then it's two times return on investment. Like she put 1200 in and got three grand back. Actually, I'm, I'm going to do the math right now. Sorry. 87 times this is bothering 32, 2785. So it doubled. So about $3,000. I mean, there's nothing stopping you either from like upping the offer. I mean, you don't even need to because the second, the second sale afterwards will pay for itself. Right. Exactly. It's exactly. Not, and it's not about the front end. you like, you got paid to market. For leads. You got paid for a really good prospect to sit in front of you and for you to picture program. That's that <laughs> short-term mindset stuff that really and don't get me wrong, I've been caught up in that stuff too. So well, yeah. like, I think we all go through that. Like, Of course, that's how we learn to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot about, I mean, I spent a lot of time just staring at the, the second version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. A lot of time just like staring at it and absorbing it. And I think it's part mm -hmm. of the, these ceilings of growth. You go through these stages in your life. You're like, why the hell am I working so hard? And I seem to get the same result. I need yeah. to change something. I think that that's like a quick signal. I, I think there's a lot of different ways we can find signals, but if that's stagnation or a pain in some way, shape or form, they're like, okay, time for the next level of help to get me over this hurdle, whether it's saving me time, solving other pains on my body or whatever the thing is, 
I think you brought up something so powerful because people don't understand. That's just like, oh my God, now I get to sit in front of people that I don't have to, I don't have to deal with the first problem of, yeah. are you even serious enough to do this? You're more serious than the average bear. Cool. My yeah. likelihood of the next upsell is like exponentially higher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to wake up on Monday morning and have a full calendar. That you got paid a dream for. come true. That you got paid for. That you get paid for. Yeah. 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 That's the dream. I, People like want to just show up and do that all the time. That doesn't just happen. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I love it. Man. Yeah. I love no, the way you look at it. I love the way you look at really like creating the process, but also like you're not you're very open about like, this is okay to let go of people. It's okay not to just jam some product down somebody's throat, but to do that, the prerequisite is you need to ask the right questions so that you properly can do that. Otherwise you are also providing a disservice and wasting mm -hmm. that person's time, which uh, I think we really don't, we, as, a, as across the board, I think once we find a little bit of success or a little bit of sustainability, sometimes we forget like, no, that person's time, they could do just that. It, that's valuable to them. Yeah. What, what they're doing with it is so important. You're, and you're right. You're asking a very, you're challenging people to ask a great question. So they at least at a minimum feel heard and they know at least they don't have to go forward with you. So they don't yeah. waste more time. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I mean, I never, I didn't come up with that without some pain. Of course, you know, it's always taking clients that just should never, I should never have taken in the first place because I needed the money. I took the client and, you know, they end up costing you so much more on the back end than if you had just said no in the first place and just freed up all that time and energy, just kind of dealing with that. And finding the right people and and you know looking back as like i have to take full responsibility for for not knowing how to properly communicate my value to somebody and making sure that they're capable of doing the work necessary if i'm not honest with them from the beginning and vet them like it's as much of an interview them for me as I am to them. And it has to be that equal footing or else it's just not gonna work. I love it. I love the way you talk about it. And it's so very, it doesn't have to be like some laborious thing. It can be a very calm, humane, human yeah. conversation. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you're like vulnerable about the fact like it came from probably running my face into a wall a few times, you know, like it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> more than a few. <laughs> And you also asked for help too, which so many people are, I mean, and you're going to get burned a few times. Like that's just part of life. It's just mm -hmm. a learning process, but that doesn't mean like everybody out there is some scumbag who doesn't want to help you. Like, and I think everybody's intent ultimately is they want to help. Sometimes they just don't know how to do it the best way. So that's part of their own journey. Um, yeah. You've been through some interesting things. So like with like adapting with change, like you dealt with, you know, taking on a business and confronting your fears of calling dad when you needed money and then hiring a coach. What, what's like some advice you can give to somebody else out there. Who's, who's an entrepreneur, who's, 
who just needs it like what is maybe like the single greatest thing maybe top, even you said the three so even if you have one but like maybe even top three greatest lessons you've had from entrepreneurship yeah uh, number one you're not alone so just know that there's a whole community of entrepreneurs that are out there that will help you can help you um so that's like what i tell everybody because it's it's just when I was going through that, I thought I had to grind through and just do it on my own because that's what all the influencers are saying. Especially now, it's even louder. Just grind it through, burn the boats. You know, you just do it, do it, do it. Jump off the cliff, build those wings on the way down. <laughs> yeah, complete bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there there is there's so much. You know, there's so much good good things out in the world in terms of what help can, how help comes to entrepreneurs, but it gets overshadowed by a few bad apples. And it just takes a little bit more time for conversations to find out if it's a good fit. And so, you know, don't be afraid of, of asking for that help however that might come, you know, and, in, and at the end of the day, you're investing in yourself, whether it doesn't cost you anything. Like if you go to a free resource, like, you know, small business development centers and places like that, um, it doesn't cost you anything, but it does cost time, right? So make sure that you're, you're balancing, you know, is it cost me money, cost me time? What's the full implication of, of asking for that help? Um, and those are, I mean, that's the biggest thing is just, you're not alone and, and definitely ask for help from people. I think that's so powerful. So many people are afraid. I think it's an ego thing too. Like if Absolutely. I, I, I built this myself. Yeah. And it's like, no, you didn't. You had to have clients that like also trusted you and gave you time and energy and taught you lessons too. And there's other people, whether it's family, friends that were like, they might not have been investing financially in you, but they were there sometimes listening, yeah. just saying, keep going. You know, it's, it's okay. You're not, you are not alone on those fronts too. Where is it? Where's it going for you? We're like, I love what you're doing. I think you're providing something that you're selling in an ethical fashion. You're supporting entrepreneurs in like a very, in a skill that is super needed, especially in the coaching space, whether uh. it's health or medical or, whatever you know it's, it's just conversation it's, it's needed yeah. yeah and yeah. there's so many great coaches out there that have i think they're afraid to make money i think they're afraid to like be able to live almost like guilt around like i could pay my bills and live a life i want and it doesn't have to be so complicated yeah. and that, that you're, they're right that grind your face off has been glamorized like I don't think we're, I think we both understand like, yes, there's going to be work if you're going to own your own business. Like that's, that's just prerequisite. You're yeah. going to have to deal with that. Yeah. But if you're smart, you'll ask the right people, somebody like yourself, mm. what, where do you envision what you're, you're doing goes? Like, do you have any like thoughts for the future? Yeah. I mean, now we're, we're you know, doing the warm outreach and, you know, so many people are relying so much on automation these days that 
it's it's losing its effectiveness. I mean, email is still great, and but if you want somebody to show up for your webinar or show up or to book a consultation with you, it's gonna take a phone call. And whether you do it or you have somebody else do it, it really needs to happen. And a lot of entrepreneurs, one, it takes a lot of time. I was, I was talking to somebody a couple hours ago and uh, you know, a marketer and she said, yeah, I was working with this, this company and I was giving them hundreds of leads each month and they contacted 25 and then gave up because they were low quality leads because they didn't answer on the first ring. <laughs> like, oh, what year is it? You know, it's yeah. like people are so distracted right now and have been for you know as, as long as Facebook's been around. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, we pretend we're busy, but really, you, you, I think you had said that we're really just distracted all the time. Um, yeah. All the time. And you need to try 10, 12 times to get somebody to take an action, even if they were the first ones to reach out, fill that form on the website and then not book a call. Oh my gosh, they didn't book a call off the website. Well, of course you're not, they didn't. They were just kind of on the fence. It takes that warm outreach immediately, like within 20 minutes to get them over the fence or to find out if they don't want to cross the fence. Either way, like it's yes or no, right? At, at that point. So just people aren't willing to do the work. So we do the work for them and we, we do the, and, and my agents, I mean, they've been trained by you know, Amazon, AT&T. So they've had some calls. They got some <laughs> volume under their belt. <laughs> volume under, but also, you know, if you work for AT&T or Verizon or any, any telecom, you're going to get some bad calls, <laughs> you know, some irate customers. So like nothing faces them. I have a couple of agents, they make 180 phone calls a night. And I'm like, like, I'm good after 20. <laughs> I'm like, that's, mm. but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just like, okay, I'm on to the next conversation. And that's really kind of our secret sauce is that we're not about the transaction. We're about the conversation. That's what gets the, the high show rates to the webinars and gets the high show rates to the appointments that we book. And they're high quality customers. Yeah. And then we, we've expanded now to doing the low barrier sales. So like a lot of our clients, they have an appointment that's paid for that appointment on their calendar. Nine times out of 10, they sell it. Game over. Yeah. So that's, that, and that's the, that's the growth for us anyway, is, is doing the, the sales aspect. Because as I do more coaching of salespeople, I realize that a lot of business owners, that, that's the reason that they hire me personally to coach their team is because they, they don't have the, the infrastructure to be able to do that themselves or the know-how necessarily. And a lot of people would, I think, would just rather outsource it to a sales organization that understands the industry and, and can do it. So I think that's kind of where, where we're headed next is just as a sales organization. I think it's super smart. And I also think, especially when somebody can say like, okay, I can predict 
I put in whatever it was, I'm going to get X return out of this and it saved me X amount of time. Easy. Like that's, to me, that's a no brainer, especially when, if somebody really knows what they love to do, like they like to be on the floor or they like to be doing whatever the thing is, you know, name your, yeah. name your stick of like, yeah. but go back to doing that. And somebody else, I, th I think there's something so powerful about just like putting your ego aside and saying, you know what? I trust this guy. I trust his team. They're going to do a great job. They're going to put me in front of the right people. And I just get to show up and do what I love. Yeah. And it makes it so much easier to just take care of people when you just love talking to them and having a great conversation and like yeah, serving you, you them. Fall, you fall in love with your, with your craft again. Cause that's, yeah. that's the other trap that entrepreneurs get into is that they hate what they're doing because of all the administrative things that they have to do on the back end. You don't want to hate your business because you start to hate your customers. I'm like, where does that go? <laughs> Doesn't go anywhere good or anywhere fast. <laughs> Then they're done that. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Um, I only have one more question for you. This is perhaps a little woo-woo and a little existential. It happens to be my favorite question. What is your purpose? Mm. That is, that's, that's deep. That's something that, you know, over the last two years, three years, I've really, really uh, struggled with it quite, quite a bit because my purpose was so tied to the business. And once I sold it, then my purpose went. And that's why I was really struggling for the long time just to wake up in the morning and make my five phone calls and conversations a day. Because I'd lost that purpose. So I've done a lot of work on, on that, on the purpose. I'm really glad that you asked that. It's, and, and my purpose is to help and empower others to grow the dream that they want. I love that. I appreciate you being vulnerable about that too. It sounded like there was like a little identity crisis in there. Like I was oh. this thing. Yeah. 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 You know, and I've, I've written down kind of in my wallet at all times, but it's to share my talents with others and myself. Ooh, it's kind of my, my, core, my core values. And, and when I put that and with myself, I realized that I've been neglecting a lot of me and just sharing what, what I love to do. Just be funny and silly and just, just be me and share those, those moments, not only with others, but also with myself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of anybody else. And pour from the empty cup that whole bit. I really appreciate that, man. I really love just the way you present all this stuff. You really demist. Hopefully, anybody's listening to this. Like, it doesn't have to be this scary, mystical thing of like who can close this and all this other stuff and sell me this pen. That whole bit. Like, yeah. I really appreciate how you make it a valuable human experience, and make it make it truly a moment of service because there is a lot of this people get caught up in like posing on the Lambo and like, here's the flashy suits and all that stuff is cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Stuff is, and money is it's nice. But yeah. I think, especially for the coach who is so attached to service. And like, I think there's like this, uh, I don't, I don't even, it's like, you have to be, you can't make money to do it. 
but like again you brought up that great piece right there if you're not sharing it with yourself how do you continue to give if you have nothing less left for you it's, so it's finding this beautiful balance and i i hear you really bridging that conversation in a way that <clears throat> i'll use the word palatable for somebody who might struggle with understanding what that that moment that intersection really is an intersection an inter an intervention even yeah. an inflection point for this human like you might be the person who says the words that somebody else needed to hear at that time and like changes the trajectory of their life because you had the courage to ask yeah. that's that's no small feat yeah. um, ask and share as well i think there's there's a lot of power in sharing your own personal story in a sales situation and it doesn't have to necessarily relate to the product you're selling, but being vulnerable, um, but also just showing that you're human too. Because at, at, people do business with people at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that whole business to business thing. It's human to human, no matter how you yeah. slice it. It's always the same thing. Yeah. I love it, man. I really love it. Any other Thanks. bits of advice that you'd like to share with people? Oh man, don't do it. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like in retrospect, they're like, if I knew what it was going to be, feel like every step of the way, I don't know if yeah. I would have started in the first place. There's, there's like that beautiful ignorance that we, and naivete that. Yeah. That, I mean, you like, have to have that. Yeah. Along with the, I don't know, was it Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? I don't know, forget one of um, one of the wealthiest men anyway they said entrepreneurship is like eating glass every day all the time awesome but it feels good i mean I, actually i wouldn't give it up for the world i mean heck i mean i'm in taiwan right now we didn't even get into that yeah we didn't even get into all that other bit we're gonna have to have you on again for some more um you've spurred a lot of thoughts for me by the way through Story this time. and then once we're off this i'm gonna i'm gonna chat more with you um, I think what you're doing is awesome. I think you provide a Thanks. really valuable service and I really appreciate like your vulnerability and your transparency. Somebody else listening to this is like, listen, either one, I need some help learning how to do this thing, or I'm at a place where I get it. I understand it. I respect it. I trust this guy's values. I rather just offload this thing so I can go back to loving what I do and just mm -hmm. devote all my time to that. How could somebody get in touch with you? in any way, shape or form, whether it's to work with you, have a conversation, connect, how, how, how what would be the best way? Yeah, the, the, the best way is, is going to the website, uh, tomjacobs.com. So Jacobs is J-A-C-K-O-B-S. So just my name.com. And um, there's, you can schedule a time to chat with me um, or download the three keys to doubling your sales in the next six months. And that's all right on your website? Right on the website. Yep. Right on awesome. the landing page. I'm going to put all that in the show notes too. So anybody who's listening, you can find that. Um, thank you, Tom. Like today was really awesome. Super happy that I got a chance to chat with you again. Um, You're an awesome interviewer, by the way. So like, it's, love your energy. And I can see why your clients absolutely love working with you. You're making me blush a little bit right now. It's not just my fake and bake. So, you know, it's, I feel the love, man. My mom will call me up every now and they'll be like, you're so, and you know, when you hear your mom say, oh, you're so good at this. I'm like, okay, it's my mom, you know, but yeah. I really appreciate like, that means a lot to me, man. Cause at the end of the day, 
selfishly this this podcast for me became like just my own way to have conversations with people I admire I like to learn stuff it's a it's a great excuse to be like hey let me learn some stuff about you and like how you do things and how do I get more how do I I don't like using the word level up because it's just like such a broken <laughs> thing you know um but how do I how can I look at the world from a different vantage point? Cause I sure as hell know, I don't know everything. And I know I realized at this point in my life, which I think at certain, hopefully everybody at some point gets to, it's like, I know I actually know very little and yeah. I'd rather know people who do great things. I used to want to try to do it all by myself. I just mm -hmm. love to sit and I love to listen to stories. Like if I could just do this every single day, that's my Nirvana. Um, <laughs> so working towards that, working towards that. Um, but I love just showcasing the fact that like there's some really fucking amazing people out there in the world and we're so divided on so many on more often than not just like we're just upset about some of the how as opposed to like wait we actually kind of get along on a lot of fronts so yep. why don't we all have this so i appreciate you saying that man it's um it was certainly a vulnerable thing to start being like i'm just gonna start talking to people let's just do this like we'll see That's where it awesome. goes it was turn on the thing so um <laughs> thank you so, so much great. And uh, I really appreciate Thank your time you. today. And uh, it means a lot. Um, like I said, I actually want to chat with you a little bit before when we get off the, the, the air and uh, just have more, I have more businessy questions um, because I just love what you say. Um, cool. Guys, I'll put all the show notes for Tom and uh, how to connect with him on the, uh, on the, the show notes thing. But um, aside from that, guys, until next time, much love. <laughs>